Good evening. My name is Ariel Markovsky, and I have the privilege of serving as assistant rabbi here at the Jewish Center. On behalf of myself, our community, and our senior rabbi, Rabbi Yossif Lin, who is not able to be with us this evening, Ruchim Habayim B'Shem Hashem. It's truly a privilege for us to partner with Yeshivat Haaretz Yom, with whom we have such a long-standing and rich relationship in this sacred venture of honoring the memory of a true leader of the Jewish people and a gadol of Israel, Moreno Harabi Hudamital, Zechar Tzadik Levracha. And now turn over the program to begin officially with Aryeh Colvin, the chairman of the board of the Etzion Foundation. Thank you, Rabbi. It was just over four weeks ago that I landed in Israel on a Friday and turned on my BlackBerry to find multiple emails informing me that Rabbi Talzatzal had passed away and that the Levaya was taking place at that time. One of my sons was waiting for me at the airport to take me directly to the cemetery for the Kfura, where thousands of others had also come to pay their respects. On the Sunday following, I was able to attend the first day of the Herzog College's Yun in Tanakh, which due to its timing, turned into a magnificent tribute to one aspect of Rav Amital's legacy, the study of Tanakh by B'nai Torah in a serious manner. Later that afternoon, I visited with Rav Amital's wife and children at the Shiva home. Each of these experiences provided me with a degree of comfort. However, upon my return to New York, it was apparent that there was a need to provide those who were not in Israel at the time of the Petirah an avenue to come together and express the deep sense of loss so many were feeling. This evening was intended to provide that avenue. I am certain it will be one of many tributes to a man all of us here loved, respected, and whose words and life impacted the lives of thousands. Chaval al da'avdin v'la mishtakfin. Before Cantor Burson recites the Kelmale, after which we will hear from Rav Moshe Lichtenstein, Rav Meidan, and Rav Tabori, and then from Rabbi Dr. Jonathan Rosenblatt, who will provide some closing comments. I would like to call upon Leon Moed, who is the founding chairman of the Etzion Foundation, worked closely with Rav Amital during those formative years and maintained an exceptionally close relationship with him until his passing. Leon. Dear friends, we have lost great leader, a teacher, and a friend. All of us continue to experience the depth of loss sustained by us the passing of our Rabbi Hudamitazukhamatsakhiraha. His perspective exemplified a personality whose ever-present code of values encompassed a belief and conviction in the destiny and the mission of the Jewish nation and a commitment to its sustenance, as well as the primacy of being an Ohebi Sarah, embracing as its foundation the importance and the worthiness of each Jew. To our family, he was a dear friend with the bonds of kinship continually enriched. He served as my daily touchstone, stimulating my perception and my conduct 
as an Ebed Hashem. I thank Hashem for the privilege of our friendship. Thank you.
very difficult during the words Bavushom Palim Badas Ratishmato stand and hear such words. For ever since I remember myself, from the age of ten, I was with Pelfer of Mital, Mital was with for me. Year after year after year, come this time of the year, come first at Slichos, he died for us. Wasn't, he was the active one. He was the one interceding for us. He was the one presenting our case. Also, I need to stand here and hear, but he's in the world of passivity, maybe a perfect world, but a world without activity. And we have the same power for him. It's a reversal of roles. Maybe the way of the world, but nevertheless, a difficult reversal. Because for Tali to lose a Rebbe, no matter how old, no matter how large a family, both biological and spiritual healings he leaves behind, is nevertheless a loss which is difficult to absorb. The heart feels its own loss. Even though on the scale of the world it's not a tragedy that an 86-year-old person leaves the world, but to the intimacy, to the sense of our personal loss, it's a tremendous loss. It's difficult to stand here and to uh, think in the terms that such a person who's so close to, a spiritual father, a rabbi, is gone. I spoke in Yeshiva at the Hesped, uh, at the Shiva itself, on the seventh day. And it says it was much more difficult, a few meters from Mital's chair, in the Ben Midrash. And here, in a sense, it's a much more removed setting. I don't know if he ever was in this building, and if he was, it certainly was not his sphere of activity. New York City is not a Mital's natural uh, habitat. Um, on the other hand, he had no tenant. This is exactly uh, what makes the effects so profound. Chazal tell us, Mark Suvas, the Rabbida Nasi, the Ben Akadosh, was Niftar, he left the Tzavah. Al Tispeduni Bayarot. Don't mourn me, don't eulogize me in the villages. The word turns out to mean in the villages, no. In the Krachim, in metropolises, yes. Before explains, Abidah Nasi wanted Yikara, Kavod, honor, dignity. Why so? Perhaps he was afraid that the children would be belittled. The people think the Mishnah is nothing more than a collection, a compilation of previous opinions. Abidah Nasi thought that people would not appreciate his work. So he went and said, Don't belittle it. Don't think this is for Yidin. This is not for villages. It's a monumental enterprise. If I ask myself, why is Ron Mital being Nisbad, why are you eulogizing morning from New York? He was born in Hungary, he lived in Yerushalayim, he was acting alone Shavut. Why does the crowd assembled here in New York? Here could only be because his achievement too was on a grand scale. It was not a small achievement. He was a beacon to all of us how to live and confront the modern world, how to relate 
to everything that happened in the Jewish world in the past 60, 70 years. Jewish life, the destruction of Jewish life in Eastern Europe, both spiritually and physically. The transition there to Israel. The establishment of the state. Mechemet Sheish Kayamim. The recent crisis in Jewish Zionism. How to have modernity and human sensitivity go hand in hand with contemporary Torah. All of these are the dramas that we tell lived and guided us in. And therefore, morning in Yerushalayim in, in New York, excuse me, is extremely appropriate. Altus Fadini Baya wrote, because Rital sat in Yerushalayim and affected Jews the world over. His message was relevant, not in Yerushalayim or Alon Shmut, was relevant in New York, in London, in Johannesburg, in Melbourne, and many, many other places. And therefore, we are assembled here to mourn him and his achievements. Giving a hesped for any person is difficult. At the end of the day, the hesped is not an attempt to present an achievement, to assess one's uh, contribution to a field, to a discipline. It's an attempt to mourn, to grieve over a lost life, over an individual persona, to try to understand the person who's, who's gone, who's left us, who's departed, to understand the magic of the soul, to understand the little charisma. And every person is a world unto himself. Every person is unique. Each of us, has, each of us, has, each of us has concealed inner souls within us. I personally souls because each of us has many souls within our one soul. It's an attempt to discern and understand what is going on with a particular individual. And since none of us are privy to that individual except the person himself, and he has departed, it's difficult as an outsider, and every mask is by definition outsider, it's difficult to provide a hesped. And it's definitely so from Mital, who came from a complex background, who many cross currents swirled within him, who had many elements which he concealed. And many, if you want, secrets hidden from our, from our view. Just take one example. Ritalus never spoke about his experiences in the Shoah. He spoke about his release. I heard often the story how he was liberated. The actual experiences were almost never mentioned. So many other areas as well, maybe less dramatic, less traumatic, but nevertheless, Many years, I think, of Mital purposely kept as a private individual. He did not necessarily present everything to us. To try to come and analyze such a person is definitely difficult. Perhaps only Mital himself could have done this. Mital was a master at analyzing people, understanding the human situation. He was attracted often to Midrashim, to enigmatic figures. He could lay bare the background of the struggles. Take one example. Every year in Elul, he would speak about Rabbi Yochum Ben-Durdaya. Excuse me, Rabbi Yochum Ben-Durdaya. He would speak about Miriam Atali Ben-Salim. What was amazing was not so much the story itself. It was the ability to unfold the background of the story. To tell a story that's not within the text. To understand where they're coming from what was going on within their souls, which the text of the Gemara itself doesn't bother to tell us. 
Mitzal is a master of the human situation. However, he here is not the speaker, but the person he's spoken about, which makes it even more difficult. Maybe I should add, someone mentioned it this week, it's amazing how consistent their spading were. Almost all speakers in the past month made the same points. I think that's true to a large degree. Many, many, many disfigurements of Israel repeated more or less the same things. Put differently, why well, I said something was not true. He presented a clear picture, a clear persona. The fact of the matter is that everyone's saying the same thing. Put differently, if we engage in interpretation, we expect to find many different interpretations. If we're engaged in observation, simply seeing what's in front of us, everyone will say the same thing. Speak halakhically, if it's edus, if it's testimony, we'll be hearing the same thing. If it's achrash, shikuladas, you have to engage in judgment, interpretation, so then we'll expect to find many different opinions. Amazing of Mitalas to present the same facade to everyone. Everyone observed the same thing. Put it differently, he was not so complicated, not so concealed. He was quite revealed. I would suggest that Rabbi Tal was both. As an educator, he revealed. He was consistent to get his educational messages across. He repeated the message time and time and time again. He went out of his way to be on the message all the time and constantly. I remember someone was asking a tish many years ago why he repeats the same Sichai every year for Nila. You can't think of a set of a different opening. You can't say you have to say the every year again. You can't have some kind of variety. You must be redundant. Let me tell the person who didn't get upset, just said to him, I will continue the same Sichai to my last day. I will every year start with the same passage and repeat myself. And of course, the point is, he was not seeking to be novel. He was not seeking to present a new thesis. He was simply wanted to imprint, with an extremely deep imprint, a religious and spiritual experience. And if it constantly evolved around the same thing, why is he entirely vain all the time? Well, it's not because he lacked musical variety. He wanted to impress a certain experience both to express it, but also to impress it us from reading. And if he repeated himself. Nevertheless, I do believe that certain areas remain hidden, and those are probably forever concealed, and certain of the beauty of Amitav's soul was that within the depths, and the word depths, we're not always allowed to peer into them. Nevertheless, I will say a few words, attempt to say a few words about Amitav, and given the time constraints, both of Rosh Chodesh and of uh, the evening, uh, I will give myself to two or three points, and uh, some other occasion, Rosh Hashem, uh, maybe trying to dwell upon the others. Um, the most important thing in Simon Ravital, he best be expressed in the stuff in the past that we read a week and a half ago. But Ta Yisrael, Ma Hashem, Okechot, Shuel Neimach, Kim Yurat Hashem, Okecha, Alech Bechot Rechav, 
לשאול את השם את חוקתיו ושאול חוקתיו היום לטוב לך. In a word, the pasuk, by summarizing one word, is trying to say, man should constantly walk under the eyes of God. Man should feel the presence of the Shekhinah in everything he does. And he should both fear God and love God, and be observant of mitzvot, and so on and so forth, with the sense, the unifying theme of all the details is one. Constantly feel that you're dialoguing with the Kiddush Baruch Hu. You're walking with His watchful eye. You're in communication with Him. You constantly feel His presence. He's a presence like a parent. Even though a person may not see the parent physically in front of him, in front of his eye at any moment, nevertheless, almost all of us, certainly in youth and probably in later age as well, constantly feel that we are laboring under the watchful eyes of our parents, we're dialoguing with them. Even in a later age, we feel like reporting is success. We feel like hoping they're unaware of our failures, moral, ethical, professional. We are constantly in the eyes of our parents. The greater a person is spiritually, the more he feels so about Avinu Shabbat about our Father in Heaven, and he feels there too, he's constantly in the watchful eye, constant dialogue with Kodesh Baruch Hu. He feels that he's walking together with Kodesh Baruch down the street. He feels he's engaging him. This, I think, more than else, carries a mitah. The sense of being in Kodesh Baruch Hu's eye, feeling his presence, not in a childish way, in an adult way, but nevertheless, constantly feeling the God's watchful eye. But ask yourself, what's the model in the Torah for such an approach? Who's most paradigmatic of such a life? The answer is the Kohen Gadol. Chazal tells us, Kohen Gadol kol ha-shanah In Kohen Gadol, the whole year round is like the way most of us are in Yom Tov. Meaning that if Yom Tov is the Fnei Hashem, approaching God, feeling His presence, Kohen Gadol does this daily because of His role, because of spirituality. And of course, the Rambam famously called each and every one of us a coin of potential. A person can live as a coin if you strive to that. So we tell, not the way the Rambam describes it, he did not try to throw the world off of him, but he lived in the sense of Hashem. And if I ask myself, how does a coin go about doing this? The Torah gives us really two codes, two models for describing how a person is in God's presence constantly. To put it differently, the crowning gem of the Kohen are really two separate, uh, two separate garments of the Big Kahuna. One actually is the garment. One is a jewel, it's a jewelry actually, the tzitz. We have the tzitz, the band across his head, across his forehead, and we have the choshen, the breastplate, with the various stones and gems uh, within it. It's a different message to the two of them. The Choshe, the Tzitz, is glittering gold, placed opposite the mind, the intellect. You have on the other hand, now, it is made of gold, it stares in the face, it's inflexible, 
It has the words Kodesh LaShem, Holy Kodesh Baruch, inscribed upon it. You see the seeds, if you want, it's the intellect. And it was inflexible. The truth is universal, the truth is constant. The one Gideon tells us that it sticks out. And if you look carefully at the Psukim, and I don't have the time now to illustrate this, seeds is differentiated from all the other from all the other garments of the Fine Gogo. And then you have the Choshen. The Choshen hold different rationale to it. The Choshen is 12 different stones. God's name is not starkly written across it. It's hidden within its folds. The Shema Mephorosh, the holy name, is folded within the garment. The truth is refracted differently. It represents experience. It's opposite the heart. Each experience, the truth, the divine, heavenly truth is refracted differently as it hits every different stone. Chazal tell us that the names of the Shvatim are the Choshen, meaning Reuben experiences things different than Shimon. Shimon experiences different than Levi. Levi different than Yehuda and so on and so forth. Each experience is different. The Koran approaches God with human experience. He carries on his heart the collective experience of Israel. It's the human element. The teacher presents heavenly truth, implanted and scribed, staring you, inflexible and universal. The Chosh is individual. It's the human experience. It's the human element. If there ever was a calling who... If there was a calling who symbolized the seeds, or excuse me, there was a, per, a person who lived like a Choshez or Mitah. Human experience for him happened to Shimon Forish. He was able to get the human experience and to constantly use it to bring about Shem Shemayim, to present us to Kodesh Baruch Hu through human experiences. Each one was different. Each one recognized. Different people. On my way to the airport the other day, I asked the Shimon's driver, Tell me a story of Mital. He said, one story? I'll tell you 20 stories. I drove for 10 years. Uh, I'll take outpouring of stories. I went the other day to fix my car in the local garage. The, the garage person never spoke about anything except my steering wheel, my loop job in the past 20 years. All of a sudden, he talked about the great loss. I said, I never knew Mital such a great person until I heard about him the past week or two. And of course, he could present many other people Mital Tachish and all of us, because through his heart, through the human experience, he lived in the presence of Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's not simply human experience. It's human experience distilled into approaching Kodesh Baruch Hu, feeling his presence. I'll be brief in my in conclusion. Chazal talked about three separate crowns that Israel received. Keter Kihuna, Keter Torah, Keter Malchut. Rabbi Tal lived as a Kohen. He lived as Talmud Chacham, of course. It wasn't only human experience that he was able to touch Kodesh Baruch Hu. He was a Talmud Chacham at the highest level. Person who knew Shas, Polskim, Bishonim, Shutim. A lot of the men for the past month or so about his knowledge of Shutim. But it wasn't only Shutim. He knew Bishonim inside out. Not Yushani in particular Sugya. He could quote Yushani from across the Shas to illustrate a point within the Sugya he was dealing with. He knew Psaq. 
He was the first class Calvary Talmud Chacham who was self-confident and with the Paschal Shaila, the Kula, the Chumra, because he knew the material well, because he didn't feel he was working out of superficial knowledge. He was working for deep dialogue and sources. Person who dreamt of opening Yeshvot is there in order to produce top Calvary Talmud Chachamim, provide spiritual leadership for religious Zionism, for modern orthodoxy. Person spoke often about the fact that you cannot build Judaism without the intellect, that to send people off to do doctorates and to become experts in various fields, but not to be intellectually productive in Torah as criminal. Person who saw the intellectual element of Torah no less important than the emotional one. If you all remember his songs, you remember the Tzisha part of him, it's important to remember he was extremely intellectual and very, very strong side to him, which was a classic Talmud Chacham, which he always was, and it was a combination of humanity and the, and, and the longness together, which produced a unique combination. Once more, time prevents me from going into greater detail about this, but he combined the two. His longness was supported by his humanity, his humanity was supported by his longness. The two of them provided both the authority and the insight to be able to use the kind of Torah that he did. Chazal speak about Ketur Malchut, the crown, if you want, of political leadership. We tell engage in the political sphere as well. Of his caliber were ministers of the Israeli government. How many ministers were stature? He was unique in that regard. However, I don't think we remember him as a political leader. He tried to back on the political sphere. He saw his importance of engagement, but it's not as political that we remember him. The real Ketan Malchut is not the fact that he was a minister. It's the fact that he tried to instill Jewish values within the political uh, world. I'll read a brief quote from what he wrote, uh, from a Sikha I did a few years ago. He spoke about Malchut Yisrael, Yamat once, and he said this. The centerpiece of his quote is as follows from the Raman Prishma Shnais and Yoma. Achagat mitpalel kwan gadol and Yom Kippur al shulton at tzedek vehaemet vizel tachlita kol. The Raman tells us the calling would pray for justice and truth in the country, and that is what it's all about, which Ravital added. At smaut vidat midinit Israel, political independence means a Jewish. A Jewish state, but a Jewish leadership means Aleph, security, but the real Ketamalchut that Ramital exhibited to us all was Jewish values within uh, the Jewish state. If anything painted in recent years, it was not the ups and downs of the politics. With what he felt was the ups and downs of the level of Jewishness, the level of culture within the country. To quote one stark example, he was once asked about the Hezbollah, the morality of doing less time in the army, to which he replied, From my point of view, we can have Yishvatis Nefer Chilomim for secular Jews. They can sit and study literature and philosophy and serve 16 months of the army on one condition, without degrees. But if they don't get a BA, they just sit and study Lishma. It's fine for me to sit and study secular literature and secular philosophy because it enhances spirituality. That was his vision of the Jewish nation. 
And that's the Yilkhet Malchut that we shall be talking about. Much remains to be said. Much what can be said, much what should be said. However, the time is late. Moshkodesh is approaching the other speakers in the program. I guess conclude by saying once more, we tell walked amongst us with many k'tarim. The chosh and more than anything else, the force of personality confronting Kodesh Baruch daily through life, through its, very, its various manifestations, through the world as he met it, his connection to reality, his deep connection to reality, and the attempt to install a spiritual framework upon reality, it made him unique. We all miss him, the many, many sides of him, and we can only hope that his legacy and his achievements will to guide us for many, many years. Finish with those subjects, Thank you.